Hey, good morning. Good to see you all. Welcome to The Grove. If you don't know me, my name is Eric Matoy, Pastor of The Grove, and uh, we're thrilled you're here. Uh, I'm excited for part two of our series that we're in. I want to say welcome to all those tuning in online. Thanks for tuning in. And for the rest of us here in the theater, thanks for coming. Uh, I'm excited for this series. You know, and, uh, this whole series is built off of a, of a passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 28, uh, where Moses is talking to people of Israel, and God gives some promises to them. He says, if you live according to my, my instructions, my ways, you're going to have these results. And part of the results, he says, is this. He says, if you'll follow my commandments, it shall be thee. If you diligently listen and obey the Lord's voice, the Lord your God, be careful to do all his commandments. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And he goes on and gives all these other blessings that are part of that. And so we're taking this series and uh, we're saying, what if 2019 could be the year where you end as the head, not the tail? And last week we asked a question. We said in 2018, if you look back over the year in the different areas of your life, did you end up ahead or did you end behind? I even like the, the language we use, right? Like, I can't get ahead, or, man, I feel like I'm behind. That's, that's terminology of being the head or being the tail. Are you being drugged around in life, or are you actually leading and, and intentional about the direction you're going? So in 2018, um, were you ahead or were you behind when it comes to finances? How would you end? Um, this year, it could look differently if you'll apply some of the principles that God tells us to apply uh, to, these, to these areas of our finances, to relationships, to our spiritual health, uh, to our physical health, our emotional health, our mental health. Um, looking back, how did you end? Well, 2019 can be a year where you can be ahead if you weren't. And in some areas, I think maybe sometimes it's different, different um, ways of ending, right? Some areas might have been like, man, that was really good. And other areas, not so much. Um, this year, what if all of those areas of our life begin to, to line up and we got ahead, not behind, that we ended strong, not ended with lack, and we were able to to be the lead and not the followers in those ones. And so as you look over your year, it's always good to reflect and think about um, what took place and how you ended in those different areas. And then to begin to plan and make uh, decisions that will help you to have different results in 2019. So for the year, uh, really our challenge is let's be the head, let's not be the tail. Uh, let's end strong in these different areas of our life so we can be, be the ones that, that, that end strong. Um, and what we said this last week, we said the ones with the resources uh, is the one that wins. And so 2019, if you want to be the head, you have to learn to have the resources in these different areas of your life. So last week we talked about emotional, emotional health and emotional intelligence. And essentially we said if you're going to win when it comes to your emotions in 2019, emotions are great. God gave them as a gift to us to inform us, but they were never meant to control or dictate our every move. And so if your emotions are leading you, you'll never, they'll never lead you to be the head. They'll always let, you'll always be the follower of those things, of the, of the emotions and the choices you make. So we said if you want to be that, you have to learn how to manage that resources of the resource of managing yourself and also being able to make the right decisions, right choices when it comes to self-control. So that was last week. And so if you want to catch up, and the challenge was if, if you'll learn to rest well, that'll be a really good step to helping help helping your emotions be healthier. And so every week we're going to give a different aspect of, of our life that we need to, um, to work on and, and work through. And so we say this a lot. We say healthy people do healthy things. And so when it comes to uh, being the head, not the tail, when it comes to these different aspects that we talked about, if you want to be healthy in those areas, you have to learn to do healthy things. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is, is our time, how, how we use our t- this year. Um, and really, the healthy people, when it comes to time management, when it comes to being physically healthy, when it comes to being mentally healthy, the reason is because they're putting the right uh, priorities in the right place. And, um, and one of the things that healthy people do is they know how to prioritize. And so today we're going to talk about priorities and, and learning to prioritize in 2019. So it's important that you don't miss what, what this message is about because it's one of those, I believe, those, those um, messages and lessons that if you'll grab it and you'll actually apply it and work through it, you, the results will be amazing at the end of the year. 
I promise that'll be amazing if you'll just say, I'm, I'm going to go forward with this. I'm going to listen. I'm going to apply uh, what God is teaching us through these, through these lessons. Because the question is this. It's not, will my calendar be full? That's not the question, because the calendar is going to fill up. But rather, who and what will fill my calendar? So 2019, your calendar is going to fill up with stump something. It's just the question is who and what is going to fill that calendar. Or maybe to phrase this better another way is this. It's not, will I have things to do in 2019? But rather, will I do things that make a difference in 2019? Uh, people that have the right priorities, they do things that matter and that make a difference. And so in their lives, they, they begin to find health because they're focused on the things that bring health. The ones that don't, that end up being the tail and being the ones that follow, fall behind, are the ones that don't prioritize. They don't know what to do with their time or they, or they treat everything the same. Right? So sometimes we think everything's important, but if everything's important in life, nothing really is important. And so today we're saying, what are those important things that are going to make the, most, the biggest difference in your life? Why don't we start there um, so that we can begin to see, see um, how God can use our life as we prioritize and plan our year correctly. Uh, as I was preparing for the message, I was reading through some stories about uh, people who misprioritize uh, their, their, um, their priorities and, their, and, and how they look at life. Uh, one story happened a while back. It was, it was a Nokia flip phone. So you know how old that story goes back, right? Probably like 20 years. Anybody owned a Nokia flip phone back in the day, right? When they first came out, it was like, that was high technology. That was like the best of the best. Like, man. Well, in New York, uh, a man wanted another man's uh, flip phone. And so he holds him at gunpoint and says, give me your phone. And the guy says, no way. This is my phone. I'm not giving it up. And so at the point of being shot, he's saying, like, no, I'm going to hold on to this. And so eventually the, the robber gets so frustrated, he, he says, if you don't give it to me, I'm going to shoot you. The guy's like, go ahead and shoot. So the guy shoots him in the leg. And, and guess what the man did? He held on to his phone. He still wouldn't give it to him. And so eventually he hobbles off, runs away, and the robber doesn't pursue him. And eventually the man calls and, and lets the authorities know. Uh, but that's a, that's a misplace of priorities, right? Like you, that's, a phone is not more important than your life. Like, okay, keep the phone and die in the process. That's not, that's not good. Another lady uh, in a very uh, uh, wealthy, affluent neighborhood, she, she uh, went into the store, left her, her little kid about 20 years ago or so in, in the car. And she thought, man, I'll be really fast. And it's not going to be a big deal. So she runs in the store. About 15 minutes later, comes out and realizes she locked her keys in the car. So her car's not, not, not only is her son in the car, but also her keys are in the car. So she, you know, begins to freak out. Like, what do we do? So she calls. She finally gets somebody's help. The fire department comes. Says, ma'am, we have to get your son out. We have to break a window. And so she said, no, no, wait, I live really close by, so let me just borrow a vehicle, I'll get the keys, and, and we'll come back. And uh, she had a really nice car, and she didn't want them to break the window and hurt the car. Or, uh, in her defense, she said she didn't want to hurt the baby. But uh, anyway, she borrows the car and leaves. While they're gone, the fire men know better than that. So they break the window, and they rescue the baby. And at this point, he's already beginning to, to have some struggles because of the heat. Um, and when the lady gets back, she's arrested and taken to prison. And so she misprioritized what was more important, right, the car or the baby or shopping or the baby. And in life, sometimes, maybe not so extreme, but sometimes those things can happen in our life. Or like it's like the Eastern Airliners Flight 401 uh, that, that took off from New York to Miami on December 29th of 1972. Um, and, and while it was going to Miami, um, that one of the light bulb indicators began to blink, and they didn't know what was going on. Um, so they, they didn't want to land if the, if the landing gear wasn't down. And so they began to put the plane in this holding pattern. It was kind of circling around. They put it on autopilot, and they begin to try to troubleshoot the different the, the people in the cockpit were trying to figure out what's exactly going on. Is the landing gear di- down or not? Because the indicator light was broken. It's not working. And so they're trying to figure out is it, what's going on. Is it not working or what? And so while they send one of the, one of the, um, the pilots down to in, uh, underneath to go see if the landing gear is actually down um, or, or if it's just a light bulb or there's an issue with the plane, 
And so while they're circling in this, this holding pattern that's supposed to be on autopilot, at some point the autopilot turns off and they don't realize it. And so as it's, as it's going around in Florida over the Everglades, um, the, little by little it's losing altitude. Um, and, and what happened was this plane eventually, it, it crashes, um, and 101 people die um, because of the plane crash. And it turns out that uh, they was, the, the landing gear was fine. It was just a faulty light bulb. It wasn't working. And the, the crew spent all their time trying to figure out this light bulb. Their attention went to this light bulb that they didn't realize that it was actually going down while they were trying to fix this one thing. And so the important thing of you know, landing the plane, of keeping the plane up, um, was secondary to a light bulb. Um, and this is the last conversation uh, on this plane that took place between the first officer and the captain. First officer, Stockstill, Captain Loft. Stockstill said, well, we did something to the altitude. And Loft says, what? And then Stockstill says, we're at 2,000 feet, right? And Loft says, hey, what's happening here? And then 10 seconds later, they hit uh, the water and 100 people lose their life uh, because their priorities were misplaced. They weren't focused on the right thing. Maybe this is an extreme story, but every single year, I think all of us do something to this extent. Um, we think that something's important when really it's not. And when we're focused on something maybe small or something that is, is urgent, something that's right in front of us, we forget and neglect to pay attention to what's really happening in other parts of our life, uh, in relationships, in, in our health. And we're so focused on something here that the more important things are actually not in a very good state and they're actually going down, but we ignore them because this is taking our attention over here. Um, so today we're going to talk about priorities and how they're important that we don't uh, become uh, casualties to 2019, that we don't end as the tail, but we end as the head. Uh, one of the books that I'm, I'm working through is actually going to be the book that my small group is going through for, for leadership is one of John Maxwell's leadership books. And he's talking, he, he, he mentions this guy in the book who works his whole, his whole job, his whole company. Uh, he's a CEO of Energy Project, the founder CEO. His name is to, uh, Tony Swartz. And his whole uh, organization studies people at work and how to be, if they're productive and how they use the energy and all that. And he says this about, this was in a, um, a New York Times article, and Tony Swartz says, um, as he, he's written and studied extensively on energy and performance, he says, more and more of us find ourselves unable to, to juggle overwhelming demands and maintain a seemingly unsustainable pace. So he's saying more and more life just comes to get more hectic, more and more crazy, and it seems like we can't really juggle and handle all the things that come our way. And he goes on and says this, paradoxically, he says, the best way to get more done may be to spend more time actually doing less. A new and growing body of multidisciplinary research shows that strategic renewal, including daytime workouts, short afternoon naps, long sleep hours, more time away from the office, and longer, more frequent vacation actually boost our productivity, our job performance, and, of course, health. So the studies begin to show, like, when, when you're just working all the time, and that's working harder, not smarter, um, you will burn out, and you don't perform, you don't, you don't, you're not as effective in, in life and at work and in, in every other area of your life. But if you, if you do less of everything and you do more of the important things, you'll actually be more productive. So essentially what he's saying is we need to create margin in our lives. In fact, all the things that, that Schwartz describes as benef- beneficial, it requires margin. Like if you're going to do those things in life, if you're going to begin to do less of everything and more of the right things, you have to create margin. It's a space in our life, a gap where we're not going from here to there and rushing around all the time. And because and, what happens when you don't have any kind of space between any kind of margin, stress builds up, you get overwhelmed, and all of that leads to being unhealthy in different areas of our life. And so he's saying uh, we need to learn to create that. If you want to be the best at your best and you want to be the best you can, you need to find ways to recharge. You need to find ways to focus on what's important, um, creating space for relationships, for exercise, for recreation, for travel, for music, 
and so on, because that recharges us. And when we're recharged, we actually do better in our workplaces, like we're more effective. Um, you, you see this whenever, whenever you go to vacation. Isn't it amazing that the two days before vacation, how much you get done? Anybody with me, right? It's like, I am so productive two days before vacation. You like get everything on your to-do list done. You don't know how. It's like, wow, I did like two weeks worth of work in two days. How is that even possible? Because you, you, you um, prioritized what was important. You didn't do anything that was non-essential. You made sure all the things that needed to get done before you, before you finished got done. What if we live like that every single week? I think it's possible. Like you would be intentional, that intentional. Like, I, like you go into the work week knowing these are the things I got to get done and not being distracted by all the other things that come around. You know, a lot of people, you might be here like, that's great, margin. I don't even have time to create margin in my life. I'm so booked. I'm so full of, of my schedule, so full. Like, I don't even have time for a break. So you're telling me I need to learn to take breaks when I don't even have time to, like, take a break? Like, how is this possible? Well, I think I found a, a solution for us. This is the newest research in 2018, right, just this month, um, I mean 2019, the average American will spend 24 hours a week online. That's not including, like, TV and other screens. That's just 24 hours online on the computer, on your, on your cell phone screen. That, that turns into about three and a half hours a day, all right? And so that's the average Ameri- uh, adult American, 18 and over, uh, that spends this much time. So in this room, that means if that's the average, some of us spend more than um, three and a half hours on our phones or on our screens. Some of us might spend a little less, uh, but some might be spending more. And so, so if you say, like, I don't have time, well, I think we might have found a little bit of time for you. Because uh, if this is the average that we do, um, and it's not that these things are bad. Social media is not bad. Here's the breakdown if you're un- interested. And this is actually like a little older infographic, but it, 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 I like the breakdown because it kind of gives us a breakdown of, of how we use our time when it comes to uh, social media and, and uh, uh, the computer. 40 minutes will be on YouTube. Uh, 35 minutes will be Facebook, 25 minutes will be Snapchat, 15 minutes will be on um, Instagram, one minute will be on Twitter. And, and, and so since this is old and the stats show that it just, we just keep getting more and more addicted and more and more time, spend more and more time on these social media and on front of screens, um, you'll spend six years of your life on social media. Six years of your life on social media. That's how you're going to spend six years of your life if you're the average American. So when people say, I don't have enough time, I think we found a little bit of time here. And I'm not saying you have to cut everything out and totally give this up and, and use that. I think in some cases it would probably be really beneficial to cut a lot of that out. Um, but if you just begin to, to cut out a little bit and begin to reprioritize and say, hey, before I do the social media, before I do all this other stuff, make sure I get these things done first. That's what, being, that's what prioritizing is, is saying is I'm going to put the important things first and the secondary things are going to come after. Uh, important things first, secondary things after. There's a, a, a principle called the Pareto Principle, and the, or the 80-20 rule, if you've ever heard of this. Um, um, a, ma- a mathematician in, in Italy discovered uh, that in Italy, 20% of the population owned 80% of all the wealth. And he began to research more and more and found that this is true in all areas of our life. Sometimes it's not perfectly 80-20, sometimes it's 30-70, but in our lives, this rule is in play. So for example, your time. of your time will produce 80% of the results that you see, uh, the good results. Counseling, if if you're a a manager, if you're a boss and you're talking to people or or you're a counselor or whatever, uh, 20% of the people will take up 80% of your time. Uh, Products, 20% of the products will bring in 80% of the profits. Books, 20% of books, this is really interesting, 20% of the books um, will contain 80% of the information. So the other, other 80% is um, only going to cover 20% of the information. So there's, there's ways to learn how to be more productive, even in reading. Um, jobs, 20% of your work will give you 80% of the satisfaction. So there's a small part of what you're doing at work that actually gives you satisfaction in your life. 
uh, speeches, um, not including in today's message, all right? Uh, 20% of the presentation creates 80% of the impact. Like, I think 100% of mine is going to create 100%, all right? No, I get it. Even mine, I know this. Like, there's, there's some things that are more important in today's message that if you miss, you miss the 80%. Uh, so it's learning how to tune in. It's learning to pay attention. A lot of times that's at the end. It's in the beginning, and there's some throughout, uh, throughout it. Uh, but it brings 80% of the impact. Donors, 20% of donors give 80% of the money to different organizations, different causes. Taxes, 20% of the people, they pay 80% of the taxes. Leadership, 20% of the people make 80% of the decisions in your life. And one, I put one up. I don't know how it got cut off. Uh, but picnics, 20% of the people will eat 80% of the food. Are you kidding me? Like one out of five of us is going to eat most of the food? That's it's crazy. So... Hey, it's just, it falls in. So maybe it's, that could be like a 30, 70, but it, it falls into these numbers. Um, in my closet, I will use 20% of my clothes 80% of the time. And here's the point of this principle. The point of this principle is there's certain things in your life that are going to give you a better um, outcome if you focus on those things. The problem is we think everything is important. We want to give equal time to everything, and we, we're not productive. And we spend a lot of our time, 80%, that only gives us 20% of the, out, the output. And so the idea of prioritizing is saying, how can I put the important things first? And then all the other things will begin to fall in line after that. Um, what I love about the Bible is, is it's, like almost, it's like God knew us as human beings, that we would have these things that would just play out in our life. That he's actually trying to help us the whole time saying, hey, if you pay attention, I'm going to give you some solution to these very problems that you have in life. Like don't be so um, cluttered and so um, um, just, just going with the flow that you don't think about life. Like don't just go just so you fit in. Like pay attention to what's going on. I'm going to give you some tools to know how to prioritize. In fact, I think, and I believe the Ten Commandments, that's what they're all about. They're pointing to saying, what are your priorities in life? Who are you going to put first? How are you going to, how are you going to order, manage your life? Like, what's the important things to do when it comes to life? It's God's way of saying, pay attention. That's why he says, if you obey these commandments, you will be the head and not the tail. If you pay attention and do what I'm asking you to do, you will find yourself ahead in life, not behind. If you pay attention, the results you get are going to be amazing. But if you ignore them, then your selfish desires, your selfish choices will lead you astray. They'll lead you to places that you'll find lacking and, and, and not fulfilling at all. And that's what the Bible's pointing to, saying make sure you prioritize right. Make sure you put the important things first. In fact, I think when it comes to um, even the Pareto principle, when it comes to what's important in life, uh, there's, God is trying to point to us saying there's some certain things if you'll do, they'll help set the rest of your, your week in, in order. They'll help you get be successful in, in the time man, managing all your time in, in the in the week because here's the truth all of us get 24 hours a day like I know some people I'm like man how do you do so much in 24 hours a day and other people I'm like man you don't do anything in 24 hours a day it's like we, we all have the same amount of time right you can't add more you can't take away you can't make it go faster or slower but we all you use it or you lose it and you have to learn how to use it wisely um, so one of the, one of the, um, the principles the Bible talks about, it's a command, and it's a gift, really, that God gives us. It's, it's, a, it's a one day a week. It's called a Sabbath. So one, one out of seven is a day that you're supposed to rest and, and unplug and recharge. Uh, last week, we talked about resting every single day because that's important, right? If you want to be healthy emotionally, you need to learn how to rest well because if you don't rest well, you get cranky and you, get, you don't make wise choices. Your emotions lead. You don't lead your emotions. And so that's, one, that's every day. We're made this way. The r- rhythm that God created us to have this cadence that we, we, we work and we sleep, work and sleep. Well, in that rhythm, God says, what I want you to do, here's the, here's the rhythm. Work, 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 rest. Work, 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 rest. Work, 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 rest. So it's work six, rest one. Work six, rest one. Work six, 
rest one. So notice the majority of it is work, right? So God wants us to work. Like if we're following Christ, if we're, we're saying we're a Christ follower, we should be the best at setting example at work. We should be working hard. But he says, but in that, in that rhythm, in that pattern, in that routine of life, make sure you have a, t- a place to disconnect and rest. And, and the principle of Sabbath is this, that you're going to take one day out of your week to say, hey, everything that I have to get done, I'm going to put off for a day. I'm going to put it in God's hands. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to trust that he's going to help me take care of the rest. And his promise is when we do that, the other six days, he's going to help us do more in those six days than we could with seven or eight or nine days. And it's amazing how that, that happens. When we follow God's ways, he gives us the ability to do more in, in those six days than we could by ourselves. Um, and so when it comes to sa- Sabbath and a rhythm, you know, one of, the, one of the books I read last year, I learned about um, keystone habits. And keystone habits is there's these certain habits if you do, they bleed into all the other habits that are good for your life. Uh, like, for example, if you, this year, if your goal when it comes to physical health, if it's to lose weight or get healthy, the keystone habit for losing weight is food journaling. That's what they found. If you'll just write everything, you, everything down in a journal that you eat every single day, at some point, you'll begin to change the way you eat. Because when you begin to write everything down, at some point, you begin to realize, wow, that's good for me. That's bad for me. Wow, I eat that place a lot. That's not really healthy. And, and just something begins to change inside of you when you see it written down. Wow, I spend that much money eating out. I should really maybe pay attention to that. Um, I'm, I'm eating this constantly, and it's not good for me. And so what happens is if you will just food journal you'll be actually begin to see you lose weight. This is the keystone habit they found when it comes to losing weight. They did a study between two people, a group of people that didn't journal and they exercised, and a group of people that, that journaled and didn't even exercise that much. They lost more weight than the group that was exercising without journaling. What they found is if you will be intentional about this, because what happens you begin to write these things down, it forces you to be in a prioritize in life, like what's most important. And so there's these keystone habits. And I think when it comes to rhythms in our lives, Sabbath is a keystone habit. People that practice this um, in, in, a, in a good way, in a healthy way, it actually what it does is yeah, you're resting, but it's helping you to learn to reprioritize everything else in life. Uh, Jesus says if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be taken care of. In that context, he's saying we worry about the money, worry about the clothes we wear, we worry about all the things that are going on. And he says, but if you'll just put God first in your life, all those things, like God cares about those things too, but if you put him first, everything else will fall in line. That's what Sabbath does for us. When you do it correctly, when you take a day of saying, I'm going to disconnect I'm going to unplug. I'm going to, I'm going to allow God to, to work on my behalf. I'm going, to, I'm going to put what's really important that day first. What happens, you begin to see what's really, what really matters and what's important in life. Um, it's like a, a reminder every single week of what's important. Leviticus 23, 31 through 32 uh, says this, says, You shall do no work at all. It's, it's to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you, and you shall humble your souls. Humbling our souls. That's like making our, letting our souls rest. It's like letting our souls catch up. It's in vain, Psalms 127.2 says, it's in vain for you to rise up early and go to bed late, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, like always working, always striving to get ahead, for he gives his beloved even in his sleep. Like God is even providing while you sleep, if you'll trust him. So he's saying the foolish person just works and works and works. It's all in his own strength to try to get ahead. But the wise person, the person that follows God says, God, I'm going to work hard during the days, the time I'm supposed to work, but I'm going to rest well so I can work even better. Well, that is you're working smarter, you're not working harder. And he says, I'll take care of you. It's a, it's a day for our souls to catch up. It's like a story I heard about a man who went on safari in an exotic country. So he hired some, some local guys to help manage his procession. Um, but because he had arrived uh, late, the group had got ahead of him, um, and he was behind schedule. And so the original safari, they left without him. And so he was there. He hired some other men to catch, catch the group. 
And so the first day, they got all their stuff, and they ran, 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 ran the whole day to try to catch up to this group. And they were, at the end of the day, sun goes down. These guys are exhausted. So the guides, they go to sleep, and they're tired. The next day, the man wakes up, you know, blowing his whistle. All right, guys, let's go. Let's catch the group. Second day, they run, 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 run. And they end of the day, they collapse tired. The third day, same story. Man gets up and says, all right, guys, let's go. Let's go catch them. If we keep this pace up, we're going to catch them. Third day, they run really hard, really hard. And at the end of the day, they're exhausted. The next day, he wakes up, and all the guys are around the campfire just kicking back and taking it easy. He says, come on, guys, we got to go. If we can hurry, if we hurry, we can catch them today. And the, and the guy, one of the guys speaks up and says, no, sir, we're not doing any work today. He says, what are you talking about? I paid you to do this work. He says, sir, you pushed us so hard the last three days um, that if we keep going, we're going to be so exhausted that we won't be able to catch him. He says, you, you pushed us so hard that we need now a day of rest so our souls can catch up. See, I think that's what Sabbath is. It's a day for us to let our souls catch up. If you're doing your week correctly, you're working, 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 and then you're saying, all right. Man, I need to take a breather. I need to catch my breath. I need to be able to, to, to um, focus and, and refocus on what's important. And then you go work, 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 and then you take a day of rest. And God is saying, be productive, but learn how to do this so you can go the long haul. Because life is a marathon. In 2019, if you want to end strong, this would be one of those things that you need to learn to implement so that you end with a lot of energy, you earn with a lot of strength, but you focus and do the right things and the things that really matter. I love how Jesus says it. When it comes to following him in Matthew 11, 20, 8 through 30, he says, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice how he says that. We need rest for our souls. There's these moments where we're carrying the weight of things of life. We're carrying things that, 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 that weigh us down. And he says, Come, I'll give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. If you'll follow me, if you'll trust me. See, one of the things Jesus, he talks about Sabbath. And, and he says, um, man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. Like the, the, the day, a day off, a day of rest every single week is a gift that God gave us. Because he knows that if we don't have that day, we'll strive and strive and strive and strive and we'll never stop. But we'll burn ourselves out. We'll end early. We won't finish. Uh, because when we're stressed all the time, we actually become unhealthy people. But if we learn to have this rhythm in our lives, we actually stay healthier. When, he, when we follow his commandments, we stay ahead. We don't get behind. It helps us to, to be emotionally healthier, um, mentally, uh, relationally, when, when, we, when we do this because it helps us to force us to keep priorities and keep things in order the way they need to be. Um, one of the leaders I, I read a lot, um, his name is um, uh, Pastor Larry Stockstill, and he gave this, um, this acronym for rest. He said, if you really want to rest well, here's, here's kind of the, the secret to resting well. If you want your souls to catch up when it comes to, uh, to things you need to practice. And notice that, that Sabbath is one of, the, one of them on the list. But this is what he says. Um, the R is maintain your routine. Like, like get a routine in life and stick to this routine. Especially if you have kids, this is one of the most important things you do. The more consistent you are with a routine, the healthy they're going to be. Uh, the, more, the, the, the more they know what to expect, they're going to be able to walk through that routine. And when you don't have a routine and you're kind of scattered everywhere, you become unhealthy. So you say, have a, have a healthy routine. Um, make sure it's sustain, sustainable, that you have, have something you can do over and over and over, and it's, it's gonna, uh, you, you'll be able to get used to it because it'll help you feel, nor, feel healthy and help you be, feel confident. For example, some of the routines he says, here's some, some of your routines should be is every morning, um, you know, maybe it's coffee or talk with, with your spouse, your kids. Like make that a priority. Maybe it's a, a good walk before, um, before you go and do anything else. Maybe it's a good breakfast and a Bible study. Uh, you know, some people say, I don't have time to read my Bible. Well, if you took five minutes from that, Four, three and a half hours of, of social media, um, of, the, of the screens, and you just put that five minutes, that's all it takes to read the Bible plan that we're going through. 
Uh, if you take five minutes to read that, and you have five minutes, that, that, that's not that hard. And if you add another five to ten minutes of just uh, praying and reflecting on what you read, that'll be a, a, a something in your life that begin to get better. Create these routines. Uh, the work routine, having, having so many hours a week that you limit it to. Family routine would be uh, uh, spending time with your family. Uh, meal routine, that you'd have so many meals a, a, a week or day with your family, one, one or so. Um, and then sleep routine, that you would sleep on the, healthy on the, on, the, on the front side, not the back side, like we talked about last week. So he says, maintain your routines. Routines are good for you. If you want rest, you need to have good routines. Uh, the, the second one is manage your emotions. When it comes to managing your emotions, uh, this is having perspective. It's like paying attention to them, but not letting them control and, and push you and, and, let, and lead you. Um, and we talked about that last week. So, Because um, many people are really rest, restless because we don't have good sleep. And part of it is because we're not paying attention to what's pushing us and what's causing us to be, be that way. And, and one of the things is, is uh, to create margin, uh, like, like we talked about in, in the beginning. Even your emotions, you need margin where you're not going from one thing to the next. Margin lets you breathe. It lets you think about being self-aware of what's really going on so you're not pushing yourself over and over and over. But you create space uh, so your life functions better. And the third thing is, is S is remember Sabbath. Uh, it's one of the keys. So if, you have, if you remember Sabbath, uh, this would be a, you know, most of us are probably lucky enough to have five days of, of work. Uh, the sixth day should be a personal day where you get, you get all the things you need to get done. But then that seventh day, you should have a day where you can, you can uh, disconnect, unplug, stop doing all the things you do all the time so you can rest and so you can do something that, that, that refuels you. Um, and Sabbath is a gift where you're supposed to do something fun and enjoy it, not where it becomes a burden. This is one of the things Jesus talked when he talked to the religious people of his day about Sabbath was he said, you guys have made it it's so it's such a burden to, to take a day off because there's so much rules and laws for Sabbath that you're not even getting the rest you need. Like, don't miss the point of Sabbath. It's not to, to um, carry a heavy load. It's to lighten that load. It's to be free to be able to say, I need to catch up. Um, so your schedule, when it comes to your schedule, it helps you begin to, to prioritize and make it right. And then T was conquer your thoughts. So if you want real rest, you need to have these things in your life, a routine, uh, manage your emotions, remember the Sabbath, and conquer your thoughts. That's so when it comes mentally, uh, coming to church, we hopefully that's part of what, what helps you. Reading the Bible is going to help you with that, is learning how to uh, take captive of those thoughts that are negative, uh, those things that are, are, are even deadly in, in our lives, and begin to say, God, I trust you. Help me to know how to think correctly. How many know how to do this? Small groups are important for this. When you go through small groups, some of the teachings that we go through are, are teaching us how to think correctly, how to manage our, our, our thoughts, our emotions, and all of those things. And so I would say this, when it comes to the Sabbath, if you will, if you will take that one day and say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break from everything else. I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to unplug. I'm going to uh, reprioritize uh, what's next. I'm going to look forward, look back to the week, and I'm going to look forward. Here's some questions maybe, maybe on your Sabbath that would help you. To, to ask the questions, right, of how to get better, is where do I need to work smarter instead of harder? This last week, I ran and I ran and I ran at work, but is there any areas that maybe I'm, I'm working and focusing on something that's not that important? Like, I'm working hard, but I need to work smarter. Uh, what must I change to stop trying to have it all? Part of what drives the work, the work ethics that we have, sometimes we want more and more and more, and more is not bad, but when it's the whole goal of everything you're doing, you're not going to want to stop, and it'll actually make you unhealthy. What good things can I stop doing in order to do the best? Are there certain things that you're doing that aren't bad, but maybe something's better? Maybe some of you say, man, I would like to read a book. Uh, I'd like to read more books this year. Well, if you would exchange some of your social media time for a book, uh, you'll be able to go through a lot of books very, very quickly. It takes five to ten hours, um, depending on the size of the book, like an average book, somewhere between five and eight hours to read. Like that's almost one day of social media. If you gave up, you can almost make it through a book. In two days, you'd be able to make it through a book every two days if you gave up that, if you switched out. So what good things can I stop doing 
uh, in order to do the best? What must I do to become proactive instead of reactive? In my life, what am I doing that's just reacting on everything else? How can I be proactive? And then what can I, what can I stop doing um, that, that's urgent but unimportant? What things that are urgent pushed in for my time, but they're not really important. How can I stop doing those things? And if you can't remember all those questions, here's the one question I would say make sure you ask. Uh, if you're married, this would be a great, time to, uh, great question to ask your spouse. Maybe even ask if, uh, your employer um, or somebody that you work for or work with. Um, if you're single, uh, this would be a great, great question to ask yourself. Um, what one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in my life? And if, if, if it's Sabbath day and your day of rest, if that's today, some of you, you, we start our week off with worship, right? Coming to church and saying, God, we put you first. Well, sometime today, what if you asked the question and said, all right, what's the one thing this week, if it got better, would make the biggest difference? And then begin to work on that one thing. And then next week for your Sabbath day, if you'd ask the question, what one thing, if I changed, if, I, if it got better, would make the biggest difference? And if you ask your spouse, I guarantee you there's something on the forefront of their mind. They said, you know what? If you would do this one thing, I think that would make a big difference. And then you begin to do it. And what happens is it forces us to reprioritize. It forces us to say, hey, what are those important things? What's really taking place here? What's going on? Because if we don't stop and if we don't reflect, if we don't ask these questions, we just keep doing what we're doing. And we get in just the, the, the routine of just going, 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 and we never stop. But if you stop for a second and you, and you pause, you'll actually become better. Um, it's like, uh, I don't remember what leader said it. He said, if I have five hours to, to cut trees down um, you know, with, with an axe, he says, I would spend four hours sharpening the saw and one hour chopping. Uh, if you have a sharp saw, you'll be able to do more. That's the idea of Sabbath. If you spend that one time just, just saying that one day a week saying, I'm going to refocus, I'm going to get ready for the next week, you'll accomplish more if you're intentional about it and you, and you pause and, 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 and look ahead. And so the one question, if that one thing, what one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? So if this year, if, if you make Sabbath a priority, ask the questions. What are the questions you need to ask? I would say start there. That would be a great question to ask. But say, what's driving me and what's really important? Because at the end of the day, there's certain things that we're doing that in 20 years, they're not going to make any kind of difference in your life. And there's certain things that if you neglect, they're going to make the biggest difference in your life when it comes to relationships, when it comes to how you handle your finances, when it comes to uh, just managing your health overall. So what are those things that are important? So here's my challenge for today, all right? Would you plan your next Sabbath day? Maybe today is your Sabbath, and that's great. Enjoy, rest, take a nap, do something that's fun, watch something that's funny, refuel yourself, recharge yourself. Um, but plan your next Sabbath day, because here's what's going to happen. If you make Sabbath a priority, Sabbath will help you prioritize everything else. When I say Sabbath, God's going to help you. Like his gift to us is of a day off, if we focus on that and ask the right questions, it actually helps us reprioritize the next week. And when you do it correctly, it actually fuels you up so that you're rested well, so the next six days you'll be able to be productive. And then you take a break. You rest. You breathe. You say, thank you, God, for another break, another rest. And then you go at it again. Um, and essentially, it's, it's helping us st- stop so we can be better the next week. What, in, what it would it look like in our lives if we all did this? In your families, if you made priority. I heard one guy said when it comes to making, uh, creating memories with your kids, this would be a great Sabbath practice every now and then. Um, he said, what, what if you let your kids pick the day of, of, of to do? Like, what if you just gave them a budget? They learn budgeting, right? And you said, here's our budget for the day. What would you guys like to do? And let them plan the day. Like, how much fun would that be? Uh, maybe, maybe not, right? <laughs> I don't want my kids to plan my day. But just allow them to lead. It's, it's part of that Sabbath is saying, hey, what if we focused on the right things? Like, what kind of memories could you make? What if you made Sabbath so intentional that, that your family looks forward to that day off? Man, I love Sabbath because my dad is so focused on, our, on, on what we're doing. I love Sabbath because it's, there's, no, there's not a, um, a big pressure in our house to get everything done. Like, what would your day look like? What would your week look like if that happened? 
Well, one, I know you'd look forward every every week to begin to look forward to having that break. You know, for my wife, whenever we're going through a really busy, busy season, when we have a date night scheduled, it's like, man, I can make it to this season because I know date night's coming. I know we're going to be getting away, and I can make it through here because something is coming ahead. That's what Sabbath does for us. It's like work hard, work, do the best you can, and then learn to breathe and take it easy. And that's God is saying, if you'll do this, uh, you'll 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 see the difference in your life. And the flip side is, if you ignore it and you don't follow it, if you don't if you miss this law and you ignore it, you will actually be on your behind, like literally. Like our bodies aren't made to go, 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 go. At some point, you'll get sick, uh, you'll get depressed, you'll get, you'll get, um, your health will decline because we're not made to go, 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 go. And eventually, we'll, we'll find ourselves sitting down or laying down because we didn't apply these principles. And God is saying it's a gift. And it's not because God doesn't love us and is a curse on us. It's because when when you don't apply His the way we're made correctly, you find that the, the the results and the consequences of that are unhealthiness and 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 death that leads to that. So today, that's my challenge. Plan your next Sabbath today. Begin to think about it. And when you're intentional about it, and there's some great resources. If you want to learn more about that, if you want to talk some more, I'd love to talk to you more about it. Um, it, 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 it takes intentionality. It takes planning. It takes preparation. And the better you do, the, the more rest you'll have on that, on that Sabbath day. Um, and this is one of the, for the, for honestly, for this year, like, I take days off every single week. Like, I'm very consistent in that. Um, but one thing I want to say is, what if we got more intentional as a family to like, make this a priority, that we can all do it together? Um, and, and work on that. So for me, 2019, I'm going to work on this. This is one of my goals, to not just have Sabbath, to be really intentional where I can make a prioritize it and make it a, a, a really fun, exciting day for us to do. That's what God wants. He wants us to enjoy the Sabbath and learn to rest. All right? Uh, so um, we're, today, um, I'm going to read one more scripture. We read it already. Uh, but the reason I read it is because uh, I believe there's some people in this room that when I read this, uh, you're going to say that's me. Um, Jesus said, um, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I'll give you rest. Um, so today, if you came and and you're carrying a load, all right, you're you're um, you're weighed down with different, maybe as choices you made, choices that others made for you that you're dealing with uh, in your life, you're uh, you're 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 worn down. Uh, the promise that that God makes, that Jesus makes, is if you'll come to Him, He'll actually exchange your heavy burdens for something that's very light. I almost get this picture of like Jesus saying, if you'll just trust me, like you jump in His arms. And all of a sudden, you're no longer carrying the weight. He's carrying the weight. Not only just the weight, but he's also carrying you. And this idea that if you'll put your trust in God, he'll help you on this journey. And life, um, it won't necessarily get, um, like it's not going to all get fixed and, and perfect overnight, but he gives you this peace. And, and there's something about his relationship with you that makes you endure all those things a little easier because he's, he's walking with you. He's carrying you through that. And he says, if you, if you come to me, I'll give you that rest. I'll give you rest for your souls. And some of you in this room today, you need rest for your souls. You need rest, and you need more than rest. I think some of you need to be in a place where you can make, make things right with God. And today, I would love to lead you in a prayer. It's just a simple prayer invitation where you acknowledge, God, I need you. I need your help. I can't do it on my own. And today, if you're here today and you would say that I'm here and I need God to do something in my life, this would be a time where you respond. So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today? If you're here today and you need rest for your souls, if you're far from God, if you're doing life on your own and you need help, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. It's, it's just a, a prayer of invitation to God saying, God, I want relationship with you. God, I want you to help me on this journey. And today as we go into this 2019, the best way you could start off is by saying, God, I want to put you first. God, I've neglected you. Some of you in this room maybe have never even acknowledged that God is that you want God as part of your life. And today the starting point would be saying, God, I want to put you first. I want to follow your lead. 
It's the reason Jesus came to this earth, to die on that cross in your place, my place, so he could show us a better way to live. And today, if you're here and you'd say, that's me, and I want God in my life, I want to put him first. I want, I want his help on this journey. Would you let me know I just lifting your hand in this room? Awesome. Quite a few hands. Awesome. Awesome. See those hands? Thank you. Man, quite a lot of hands went up today. It's so great. The greatest decision you'll make in your life is saying, God, I prioritize you in my life. I put you first. Because his promise is when you put him first, he'll make other things work out. We don't know how to explain it. He just, he just makes it work out. It's awesome. And he sent his son to die just so we can have that kind of relationship with him where we can follow his lead. So today, if you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you're a Christ follower in this room, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? Just say this prayer with me today. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. Come into my life and help me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross for me so I could have a new start, so I could have a new life. I put my trust in you. Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Give me rest for my soul and help me to live out your ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's church. Let's celebrate those that prayed that prayer today.